Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. I am one of your three hosts, Illegal Eighty Six, asking my other two hosts, Nerd Bomber and Tactic, what's what's love got to do with it? What's love got to do? Got to do with it. What is love but a secondhand emotion? Now, I don't. I've never understood that. Wouldn't I would consider love to be a firsthand emotion? Is that? Am I not understanding like that? It. A secondhand emotion is like something that you feel secondhand. It's like you feel love first. I mean, you can feel love secondhand, but it's not a secondhand emotion. So it's, 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 it's top shelf. Maybe they. Do I have this right? Maybe they mean like secondhand, like secondhand in marriage sort of deal, or like. No, they think of it like smoking cigarettes. Like you're getting hit in the face with it, whether you're smoking like the did, cigarette or not. Yeah. You're like, oh god, fuck. It just happens to you. Maybe that is what it means. Well, tactic. Thanks for clearing that up. How are you guys doing? We're we're a little more than halfway through August. The dog Dude, days. Don't remind me. I can't believe summer is almost done. Yeah, wake me up when September ends. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm awake. I'm here for this podcast. I'm fully alert. I've had my coffee, and we're gonna talk about a few things. We're gonna talk about a rom com, which I feel like is I, I love rom coms unabashedly. I think Same. I said that on the podcast before. We're big rom com fans here. All of we're us. Big, we're big. We're big. We're big into rom coms. Yeah. I actually, and I'm going to talk about this in my What Are You Up To? I watched what I believe I would consider to be a rom-com drum, which is also a great, a a great uh, genre. A rom-drum-com. So I'm going to talk about that in my What Are You Up To? But that's not what this is about. There's, there's, a, there's a new movie coming out in September we want to talk about. I'm really excited to talk about that. We're going to be talking about, what is, how, how do you pronounce it? Mario? Mario? You stop that. You know how to pronounce it. Mario! Super Mario Brothers. There's some news to be had there. And we're going to be talking about Thor 5 because, you know... Why wouldn't we be thinking about that already? Thor 4 came out. So I'm sure people are thinking about Thor 5 in various parts of the of the Twitter sphere. I can't call it the Twitter sphere anymore. You can't. This is another thing that's been ruined. The I can't call it the X. That sounds stupid. It sounds like a porn site. No, yeah. Which, which, there's been a lot of discourse about that. Is like it's, the whole thing sounds like porn now. Why would you do that? Which that's I mean. a different topic. Without all the, like the censoring and everything. It's, that's what Twitter's basically becoming. Let's be honest. That's true. Yeah, I, 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 I don't disagree with that. Let's talk about this movie, which I don't like this title. Let me just start by saying that. My least favorite part about this this trailer that I watched and this movie that I'm hearing about is the title, She Came Even To Me. Me. That's not what it's called. And you made that you made this joke before we started. I said that's not what it's called. I, and you it was just, funny every time. You opted to say it again. This is a, this is a family show. I, I, don't, I don't appreciate that. It's like that, that movie of, with Arnold Schwarzenegger where he got pregnant. What, total, total Recall? Oh. I'm not aware of this movie. <laughs> really? Oh my goodness! No, I, I have no idea. Someone yeah, it's, it's a whole hit movie. us up in the hit us up in the comments or like on on X. Tell us, tell me what that movie is because I've, I've never, I have no knowledge of it. I feel like the main there, there's a lot to talk about with this movie. First of all, it is billed as a rom a rom com. I would there's not where's the comedy? Like I, I'm I I'm not saying that as a bad thing. I'm intrigued, but I I didn't I didn't really laugh. At, during, at any point in this trailer it seemed if anything it seemed like very brooding and sad which i also like movies like that so again i'm not disinterested because of that but calling it a rom-com i was immediately like that's very interesting it was very dry humor but i i did find it to be funny and entertaining through the trailer i'm very interested in peter dinklage as a leading man and and like i i, I have no real i don't have a lot of context for peter dinklage i'm one of like two people on the planet who has never watched all of game of thrones i think i watched the first season and he was great in it and then i stopped watching the show because i don't know i guess i don't like good things but i'm i'm very interested in him as a leading man i also want to talk a little bit about how how pale anne hathaway looks is she okay she looks 
she is white as a sheet in like this entire trailer. Am I the Maybe only one who noticed that? She just appreciates a good sunscreen. Yeah, I, I didn't notice. I just watched yeah. Anne Hathaway. You, you got to mm. go back and watch it again. She At one point, she's wearing a white dress, and it just looks like her skin. It's, it's crazy. The other major note I have is that Marissa Tomei is really hot. Can I just, like, can we... Is this a safe space for that? I mean, how are you I don't poop disagree. on Anne Hathaway? Yeah, I don't disagree. I just, how do you poop on Anne Hathaway? And then say Marissa I'm Tomei not, is very hot. Like, they both are very attractive, but... I wasn't really... I wasn't poo-pooing Anne Hathaway, and I'll, I'll acknowledge her attractiveness. A little bit. You're like, she's a pale ghost. She is a pale ghost. <laughs> I'm not saying she's unattractive. I'm, just, I'm, I'm saying... I think I am saying this. I think if you... If I had to choose at gunpoint between the two of them, I would choose Marissa Tomei. I mean, you're allowed to be wrong, but they're both very attractive. I mean, Peter Dinklage, he's got it made made in the shade in this movie. Dude, I am very excited to see Peter Dinklage in a like more rom-com role. So I think he got a little typecast after Game of Thrones into doing more serious things, but I feel like he really shines as a comedic actor. I mean, his roles in 30 Rock, his roles in Elf, his roles in Penelope, which is super underrated and people should go back and watch that because I was obsessed with it as a teenager. Like he shines very well in comedic roles. And I feel like he got away from that a little bit because of, you know, the Game of Thrones, everything. But I'm excited to see him kind of come back into the realm of comedy, even if it's more drum-com. Not a comedy, but have you, did you wind up seeing, I think it was like last year, he was Cyrano. Did I, has any, have any of us seen that? I haven't seen it, but I've seen it now. Like, I obviously saw the trailer when it initially came out, but it hit streaming. It's on one of the streaming services now. I haven't watched it, though. I'm definitely open to that. I, I don't, I, I haven't watched it myself, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested in, in P. Dinks. Can I call him P. Dinks? Is that I don't know if he would verify that nickname, but nobody's stopping you here, I guess. There is a long history of of movies that are about writer's block, which is like kind of meta because you have to imagine that the person who was writing the movie probably had writer's block at one point and it served as inspiration for writing the movie about writer's block. And that kind of like spirals down to infinity. So I, I think that's a, a kind of tried and true trope, if you will. But I, I, I'm, I'm in for that also. I How do you come up with this? That's kind of my other point of like, he meets a woman on a tugboat. First of all, who meets a woman on a tugboat? Like, it's 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 very interesting. I mean, probably tugboat captains for sh- for starters. Isn't she the captain? Yeah, but like, well, for the sake of tugboat captains, I hope that that's true. This comes out September 29th. This is something that I don't know, and I will also note this already has. I don't know how this works. This must be an indie where like it's already out in places or it's like been to festivals. It has a 65 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. On 17 reviews. This is the critic score. The audience score, there's no score yet. So I think we've established from our past conversations, and I believe this was on air, that I don't necessarily believe the critics' reviews for things. Yeah, you don't You don't play that. Yeah, this I don't, I don't play that game. We I, can establish that the critic score is the equivalent of the electoral college. It doesn't always follow the popular vote. For me, and that is an apt, I think, you know, apt comparison. But for me, I would see any comedy at this point or rent any comedy, basically pump money into comedies because, and we talked about this when No Hard Feelings came out and Joyride, I don't think there's enough representation in the film industry right now for comedies. And I think we need big budget comedies. There's a lot of indie comedies that are, you know, releasing all the time, almost straight to streaming. And that's great. But I like a big budget comedy. I think when we went to see No Hard Feelings, that was probably the, one of the most fun experiences I've had at the movie theater in a really long time. And there's just something to be said about a big budget, big screen comedy. So 
regardless of what the critics say about this, I am in, I think. I mean, 65, like, I wasn't bringing it up because I think 65 is bad. It's definitely not. And especially like... I mean, it's a failing grade in school, but... There are, there are romantic comedies that I like. I don't even, I don't know if Hitch even is fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like one of my favorite movies ever. I think rom-coms in particular, because of the trappings of the genre of like, you you have to kind of go into it accepting and expecting that it's going to be kind of ridiculous. And I think there are certain, to your point, I think there are certain critics who show up and are like, this has better be the most take itself seriously movie I've ever seen or it sucks. And yeah, I want to, I want to read because I, I scrolled down to the critic reviews. Again, there's only like 17 of them. Just the first two rotten ones I saw, both of them are very funny to me. I want to read this first one. These are just the little blurbs on rotten. It's not a full review. It just says the fatal flaw of the film is that it genuinely believes in the discreet charm of the bourgeoisie. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> so like I think someone just picked some a, like words out of a dictionary and were like, sick let's go with it right is that a negative review i guess because it's talking about a fatal flaw but i don't know if the whole second part is like a word salad i have no idea what it means this second one is funny a silly eclair of a thing stuffed with absurd characters committed in near science fictional ways to not convincing anybody which again is that a negative <laughs> like like in the context of a rom-com if you said a silly eclair of a thing stuffed with ab stuffed with absurd characters committed in near science see, fictional ways, I'm like, yeah, that's every. It. And movie. also, I think I think critics are out of touch with like what real people are. I think most of the population is filled with weirdos. Even the normies are weirdo normies, in my opinion. I'm freaking strange. Here's another one. This is from the Hollywood Reporter, which you've probably heard of. A clunky multi-strand romance with such a terminal case of whimsy that almost none of its characters or their relationships ring true. Terminal case of whimsy. But like, that's what I want I'm in. out of a rom-com. I'm in. <laughs> you know who had a her- terminal case of whimsy? Hitch, in the movie Hitch. I hate to go back to that, but it's one of my favorite movies ever. We need to, as a, I mean, we're getting deep now, but as a society, especially in the context of romantic comedies, we all need to just lighten the hell up. Like, come on, I, this is just a fun time for an hour and a half. I agree. Just relax. I think that one of the things that has become problematic in the movie industry is that it's kind of come down to two main genres and all of the sub like the other genres are kind of like fighting for scraps but you either have your oscar bait type movies that take themselves super seriously that film critics can write really in-depth think pieces of word salad about and make references to eclairs very easily and or, the bourgeoisie. yes or you have your action movie that has a giant budget and they hope that they can bring in an even more giant box office and i think somewhere along the way we've lost appreciation for all the things in between even like animated movies have kind of fallen into this thing where if it's not like an oscar worthy type animated movie people kind of poo poo them like i did not see and this is my bad but i just haven't had time this summer but like there was that movie about the teenage kraken and i saw a bunch of reviews about yeah, it it got, that, it got wrecked yeah it got wrecked and i just remember as a kid like we would go see those and we wouldn't take it that seriously it was just a fun animated summer movie for the family to go see and i feel like somewhere along the way the fun has been lost in cinema well and there's something else that's very interesting that has happened because I, I i think i agree there's this like polarization that's happening where you either have big budget tent poles or you have oscar bait and the in-between is getting either lost in the shuffle or it just plain old doesn't exist but within those two spheres the big blockbuster tentpole and the 
Oscar bait drama, whatever. They both have the same problem, just the inverse. Like I, I've I've watched a bunch of like video essays, read a bunch of stuff about how the Marvel movies in particular are famous for this. And any big budget movie, it will do this thing where it'll start taking itself seriously. But taking yourself seriously, especially in the context of like a superhero movie, is is committing a lot. So they will undercut a serious moment with a joke. If you watch any Marvel movie, anytime a character does something serious or resolves to do something, it's almost immediately undercut by a joke. It's clearly like a narrative tactic that has been, at one point, I'm sure it was useful and successful and good, but it's been beaten to death. They, those movies don't take themselves seriously and they do so to a fault. On the other side, you have the exact opposite, where you have movies like this that are billing themselves as rom-coms or comedy dramas, and they're taking themselves way too seriously. And or, and as a result, people are taking it too seriously, and you're getting reviews like this that say they're bourgeoisie eclairs or whatever. And there is like this polarization needs to become more of like it used to be, where it was a spectrum of movies that, and also the budget was a spectrum too. That's another aspect of this. Like every movie now costs either two million dollars or one hundred thirty million dollars. There's no in between, and I know that's part of the problem. But movies like this one are very interesting because they, like, I'm definitely interested in seeing this. And I, I think I agree that like I have to kind of parse these reviews and be like, okay, but these people are watching this being like, this had better be Oscar bait because that's what it's trying to be because it can either be that or a big budget tentpole and it's not a big budget tentpole. Why can't it just be this movie? Yeah, you why, know, can why it can't just it just be? exist? Why can't it just exist in its own right? Is a worthwhile like question. We're losing a lot of art because of that, I believe. I mean, there's still movies out there who are trying to, you know, defy those two big... I mean, I don't want to call it a Venn diagram because they really wouldn't be. They don't often intersect. But I think there's movies who are trying to like defy those two categories. And some of them have been very successful because I think the audience is starting to vote with their wallet a little bit. But I think we just need more of it. So yeah. And the most exciting part, and we've we've talked about this, is rom-coms are making a comeback maybe. And then we're going to start to maybe hopefully have a resurgence and not have this climatizing fasciitis of... Lucanini movies scores. I don't know what that meant. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> but we're just going to, I'm just, I'm going to skate past that. And I'm just going to say that I, spoiler alert, in my What Are You Up To This Week, I'm going to talk about, for reasons I'll get A bunch into, of I bougie eclairs. Like, I watched about like, no, I watched about like five movies. And a lot of them, some of them are newer and some of them are older. And I think I'm going to revisit this conversation because there was a movie I watched made in 2014 that I really, really liked. And I, 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 this is my second time seeing it. I had seen it before. I liked it then. I watched it now. I loved it now. I think I might have liked it even more because of this, because it was a movie that it was probably made with a middling budget. It would never have been made today. And because of that, it managed to be super, super refreshing. So again, that's a tease. I guess I'll get to that later. But for now, what I'll say before we get really into the weeds that this movie comes out September 29th, and it seems like we're, we're generally on, on, on board. And as Nurbomber said, it, our art is dying. That's if, if we could leave you with one thing after our first news topic 20 minutes into this show, it's that art is dying. It desperately needs our help, and it's your fault that it's dying. Is that a, a fair spot to move on? Yeah, I think so. It's not their fault. It's not your fault. Okay. it's. I think it's all of our collective fault. It's the shareholder's fault. It's also probably the shareholder's. I'm glad you said that. Let's continue talking about movies and let's let's move into the MCU, which we, I was just talking about a little bit. Thor 5 is already being discussed. And in particular, Taika Waititi is already being discussed as coming back. And he has a lot of ideas for what Thor 5 would be. I have not seen Thor 4 yet. 
I don't, I think you guys have, I have no intention of, of seeing it, at least in the near term. The main question I have, I, I mean, we had Iron Man, we had Captain America, they got their three movies and then they kind of noped out. Can anyone give me a good argument for Thor getting five movies besides just Chris Hemsworth signed a super long contract? I mean, the answer is Hercules. That's the answer. Um, that's the confusing answer. So it's not really a spoiler because it's been out so long. If you haven't seen it, you have you have yourself to blame. But they left Thor 4 on a cliffhanger, basically, of Hercules coming into the fold to kick Thor's ass, so to speak. So there's going to be this battle of the gods beyond what we've seen in, in Thor 4. And that's really what the premise is. They, they have to do it now. I think they don't. I agree with you that it's not necessary, but that's kind of where they're going and what they're going to do. There's also the, the other side of it, of Thor has a, a young one and then there's the Young Avengers tie-in. So there's a lot of moving parts that that movie left the status of the MCU in and they need to kind of wrap it up and point it in a direction. Basically, the pistol's loaded. They just need to aim and shoot. Yeah, I, I think, I guess what I, if I have an issue, my issue is that I felt, especially after Endgame, that the character had run its course and they were like, no, he hasn't. He's back. All the other old guys, they're out. But so, Thor, he's sticking around. As Thor and Thunder I just, explained it and why he's sticking around because he is a guardian of a young Avenger at this point. And so, like, I understand that. But I do kind of agree that, like, a lot of the old guard feels like they've run their course. And if they truly want to, you know, move forward with the young Avengers, they need to just freaking do it because it's taking them too yeah, long. It, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's time for Thor to go and, and take the place of Odin you know, rule over Asgard and let the Young Avengers move on. They should have done that in four, but it's just this constant dry teat that they got a milk. Well, and like Downey and Evans, they, I think, made the correct decision where they, they, they looked at the landscape. They said, okay, this isn't mine anymore. I want to do other things. And also it's like Chris Hemsworth is doing other things. He did Extraction and Extraction 2 and they're like super, super popular, wild, wildly successful. You know, it's worth noting too that like, I don't know if they have come back yet, but like, I believe Downey and Evans, and I know for a fact Ruffalo, like they're not gone. They're just not getting their own movies anymore. Like it's ex- ex- extremely possible. I mean, Ruffalo not never got his own movies. Ruffalo never got his own movies. That's a good point. But like, I, I would ima- it wouldn't surprise me one bit if downy popped up here and there Hell. in upcoming stuff spoiler alert he's dead spoiler multiverse oh yeah yeah they can no one's dead see no this is dead. why i like, hate it, the multiverse this is such a I mean, stupid for the same logic you should hate comic books no one no. dies in comics either i love comic books when they don't dip into the multiverse love 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 them when they don't dip into the multiverse i think tactics right though as a genre i mean you also have like things like and this is dc but like things like the lazarus pit like people just come back all the time it's just how yeah. comics work and honestly we don't hate the red hood for it we love the red hood for it okay but like again though the lazarus pit is fine and like coming back to life is fine but like multiverse versions of the same character not fine i want to make that clear like if they bring him back as a multiverse version of himself needs to be evil ultimate iron man I mean, it might also be like a hologram. Like, it could be any. My point is, it could be anything. It would involve him being in a movie for five minutes, probably getting paid a cool mill. Like, it wouldn't surprise me. But like, if I was Thor, 
if I was Chris Hemsworth, that's what I would do. I'd say, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to take this exit and I'm going to go do other stuff. And like, still, I'm going to have my cake and eat it too, essentially. I didn't see Thor 4. As I said, I didn't see it. I don't have context here. What's being discussed now is Taika Waititi. I don't know if he's officially coming back to direct it, but apparently he has, the article I read says he has suggestions for a villain that would be stronger than Hela. And when I, when I hear that, I know what it means because I saw Ragnarok and, and Hela seemed dang powerful you seem to be implying spoiler alert for me that that is hercules who i didn't even know was a comic book character i kind of just thought was like you know a hercules, mythological hercules. character which i guess did thor is also a norse mythological character did no one get that reference i, I it was lost on me was it from the disney movie i assume yeah i haven't seen it's it in not a from a disney movie <laughs> it's from the nutty professor hercules hercules the nutty professor is a disney movie i that's even more lost on me never seen the nutty professor that's just a fun or am i thinking flubber you're thinking flubber <laughs> one of them you're all over the place one of those We're playing, the tele, playing the telephone game so i have seen flubber but again that's even that's one of those movies was a disney movie. movie but no I, I so i guess like i guess is like my main reaction to this is like this may as well happen with the knowledge that you guys have of the young avengers and this hercules stuff would you expect Thor 5 to be the last Thor? Eventually, it's going to have to end. I don't know. I'll, I'll leave that question to you guys, because again, I'm kind of out of my depth here. I think Thor 5 has to set up a handoff to the Young Avengers, and like I said, have him take the chair of Asgard and just kind of chill out for a bit. Maybe he'll pop in now and then, but the focus needs to pivot to the Young Avengers. I want him to die like Anthony Hopkins did in Thor Ragnarok. Again, spoilers, but if, if you haven't seen Ragnarok, I mean, that's been out for like 10 years. And also, it's really good. I also, I, I still have never seen Thor 2. No need. At this point, who... That is no the one Avengers movie I've actively fallen asleep during. Yeah, I just don't... There's no point. At this point, I feel like I know everything I need to know about it anyways. So, why would I watch it? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I just recently saw another... Tra- the, actually, I think it was the same trailer that came out a while ago for the for the Marvels. And I'm still just like, I don't, I don't really care. <laughs> I just... I, I can't get there. We could talk about that for, for forever. Let's, let's not. But... No release date for Thor 5. I'm not even sure Thor 5 has been confirmed, but it sounds like it's as good as confirmed because, you know, they they apparently left a cliffhanger in the last movie and they haven't said that Thor's done. So he will be back. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's take a short break, as we often do. But before we do, let's do what we always do. Let's shout out our fantastic Patreon producer, Mr. Stephen Keller. Stephen, it's a pleasure and an honor to shout you out, shout you out every week, and I will continue to do so. Because you are noble, you are merciful, you are kind, you are uh, all the things a knight would be, basically. And I'll, I'll let the listeners color in whatever they want at that point. Steven supports us at the highest of our three levels on our Patreon. That is the knight level. As a result, he gets his producer shout out in every show. He gets weekly, sorry, monthly access to the secret segment and the vlog. He gets input into the weekly game segment. And he gets the occasional guest spot on the show. A little birdie told me that's coming up. That little birdie was uh nerd bomber so coming up soon get excited yeah. be on the lookout for that steven and listeners although steven doesn't need to be on the lookout for it. i think he already knows when it's happening so be on the lookout for that uh, there's also a squire level of support on our patreon which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and a page level which gets you access to the monthly secret segment the details on any and all of those levels of support can be found over at patreon.com slash online warriors podcast go check us out there say hi to steven say hi to us Consider giving back to this show that hopefully has given you something. Uh, I don't know what that would be, but hopefully, hopefully laughs. I would hope laughs, information, good times, companionship, joy, 
Yeah, it could be any number of positive things Lamps. or negative things. Anyways, it's patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Thanks again to Steven. We will be right back to talk a little bit about what is it? Mar- a Mario? The Mar- Super Mario Brothers. It's just stuff. Right Let's see, Alex. Uh, what do you think of Jaws, which is at 97% Rotten Tomatoes? I find it to be anti-shark propaganda. What do you feel about the Entourage movie, which is at a meager 33%? I think they finally got Hollywood right. How about It Follows, 97%. Worse than your parents giving you the sex is evil talk. How do you feel about Juno, which is at 94%? That would be a movie that celebrates a teenage homewrecker. Uh, how about Bewitched at 25%? Best television adaptation ever put to film. How do you feel about American Hustle? The towering 93%. Overwrought awards bait. Righteous Kill, 19%. The movie that Michael Mann wishes he had made when he created Heat. Sounds about right. I'm Julio. I'm Alex, and we are the Contrarians. As you can tell, our thing is that we rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. Regardless of what we really feel. Find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn. Facebook, Twitter, we're everywhere. So, if you are a fan of video games or even just a person, you may or may not know the name Charles Martinet. Uh, You may know him particularly because there was a recent campaign to get him to be the voice in the Super Mario movie, which did not work out. But uh, Charles Martinet has been the voice of Mario for over 25 years. And as of this week, uh, Nintendo has announced he will be stepping down and becoming instead a Mario ambassador. We'll get into what that may or may not mean. It seems like what might have happened here is that people may have noticed that in the trailer for Super Mario Brothers Wonder, people noticed that the Mario voice sounded different and Nintendo basically confirmed, yeah, he's not he's not voicing Mario anymore. So I want to read this statement that, that Nintendo of America tweeted out, axed out, I don't even know what you would say at this point, on August 21st. I'm just going to read this real quick. Charles Martinet has been the original voice of Mario in Nintendo games for a long time, as far back as Super Mario 64. Charles is now moving into the brand new role of Mario Ambassador. With this transition, he will be stepping back from recording character voices for our games, but he will continue to travel the world, sharing the joy of Mario and interacting with you all. It has been an honor working with Charles to help bring Mario to life for so many years, and we want to thank and celebrate him. Please keep an eye out for a special video message from Shigeru Miyamoto and Charles himself, which we will post at a future date. So a couple things. First of all, reading that he has been around since Super Mario 64. Yes, that is a long time ago. It's kind of jarring to me to think about the existence of Mario for like, I don't know, 10, 20 years before that with him having no voice, which I just don't really think of it that way. Also, I am immediately inclined to figure out why this has happened because these sorts of things I don't think happen for no reason. So... I mean, it Do might be something like he just wants to retire because he's, he's getting, yeah, yeah, he's it, getting older. Is it just that he's getting old? I am of the anxious and I uh, guess you could say morbid type. Is this like a is he dying soon situation? Like so, I immediately wow. think of stuff like no, that. Well, hang yeah, on, it's just it's out. it's how I it's how I live my life. They uh, wouldn't, wouldn't say that he it. would continue to be an ambassador yeah. like him if he really was like super sick or something flying around the place to be an ambassador at like conventions and stuff like that. That would be difficult. I think he probably just wants to enjoy retirement. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I wish that for him. I don't think the Mario games and the IPs are pumping out at such a cadence where it's that demanding, but I don't know how long it takes right. to record all of this. And honestly, but, like, 
I'm sorry. Everybody deserves to retire. Maybe he's just like, bro, I'm done with this. Like, I'm I'm okay getting like the accolades from fans and like connecting with fans, but like, I don't want to be in the booth anymore. I want to spend time with my family. Yeah, I think as an ambassador, he'll have more of an opportunity to say, you know what, I'm going to skip out on this one or I'll go to this one, this one and that one. That's possible. But for the most part, I'm going to kick back. And honestly, I think this is the right decision for him. Enjoy your, enjoy your life. And Honestly, we've seen, it feels like over the last five years, we've we've lost a ton of voice acting talent way too young. And I'd rather him have time, sail off into the sunset, and we not see this all of a sudden sudden thing while he's in the middle of a project set. One, it would suck for the project, but more importantly, it would suck for them and that they didn't really get time for themselves. I'm pro this. Good for you. Let me ask a couple questions. Let me answer a couple. So when I hear Mario Ambassador, to me, that sounds more demanding than just going into a... I mean, my other question, kind of getting my other question, is how demanding at this point can being the voice of... I, I would think at most at this point, after 25 years, most, if not all of the things that Mario is ever going to say in a game have been, have been canned and are ready to go. So do you also think they just kind of got him in a booth here at the last second and were like, record these hundred catchphrases and we're going to use these? Like, I, I, I wonder about the handoff. I wonder about the transition. And yes, I do still wonder, what does Mario Ambassador even mean? Does it just mean he kind of glad hands folks at conventions if he wants to? I don't know that they can just own his voice like that. I mean, that that's sort of like oh, a weird... Oh, they can. They can. Well, I mean, he's right? not going to be like, the voice in Super Mario Brothers Wonder. That's the new game that's coming up where you see like Mario as an elephant. He is not going to be in that. And and the other thing that I want to mention, too, is he's not just the voice for Mario. He's been the voice for Mario, Luigi, Wario, Waluigi. So he's really made an impact across the whole Nintendo Square. So I think I think they're just working to try to just backfill that. to some- I have. OK. Do you think they're getting Chris Pratt? No, no, no. What what no I way. what I really think it is, and this is going back to the cynicism in me, is I think his price is becoming too high, and they can get a similar voice for significantly cheaper for all these characters. That's what I really think the move is, and so they were kind of convincing him to go and quote enjoy his life. But like, I'm gonna see it as a positive thing because there's nothing negative about enjoying your life. I think that here's what happened. I just figured it out. I was sitting here thinking about it. So one of the Nintendo of America CEOs was just strolling through the office on a Friday, stopped by a cube and said, hey, Johnson, when am I going to get those numbers for that thing? And he looked up and he said, I I can't do a Mario impression. Tecta, can you do a Mario impression? He looked up and he said, it's me, Mario. And they were like, holy, holy crap. By God, Timmy, you're in. They were like, Charles, you're out. We can, I think you're right. I think they were like, Charles is demanding like, a million dollars a game we can pay johnson two bucks and a chicken sandwich and he'll like do all of our adr work for the for the next game the world revolves around 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 the almighty dollar so something like that or they held auditions and they actually found someone who was like really close who they again could like pay pennies and they were like let's do that wait not even chicken sandwiches anymore holy cow no just a, just really a couple of in the barrel couple of copper coins and that was it it's actually not even made out of copper anymore it's made out of zinc it's a fun fact about pennies. But yeah, I, I I agree that the outcome here is generally positive if you, you know, don't look at it the way I do, which is like, is he going to die? It seems like a good thing for him, for his family, and he still gets to enjoy his time with fans. So we wish Charles Martinet all the best, and uh, we'll see what happens with the voices. 
I, I, I did watch the trailer for Wonder because I believe we talked about it on the show. I don't remember noticing, but it seems like someone did. I don't know. Like, did they have him speak? I can't remember. I couldn't remember if it was just like voiceover and music. Now I'm going to have to go rewatch this, I, the trailer. Yeah, I, I'll have to go back as well. Uh, it's possible I'll hear it. You know, for all I know, there's like trailer that came out yesterday and it's like Mario talking like in like a Long Island accent or something. So I'll have to go look at that. But hey, yo, it's the, me, Mario. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I would love that, though. Let me just, I'm just throw that out there. You know how, like, we just talked about Detective Pikachu last week, and he's got, like, this, like, raspy detective voice? I would love it if they made, like, a Mario game where he was like, forget about it. You know, I think that'd be hilarious. So, Nintendo, something just, to consider, yeah, just, just I guess. complete 180. That's the move. Yeah. They should do, like, the this, like, this entire accent collection of, like, him just doing a bunch of different accents from a bunch of different parts of America and different countries, and each game is different, and that'd be really, really fascinating. So, yeah, Charles Martinet, here's to you. Enjoy retirement question mark I, I again i don't know if i would even call it that but uh but blink twice way, if you need help quite a career and blink twice if if you need help so it's time for what are you up to wednesday as you know it is wednesday i know it's wednesday because you're listening to this the second it comes out because you guys are just clamoring for a new episode every week there's no way any of you have a backlog it's just it hits it hits the internet and you're already listening to it so welcome to wednesday it's time for what are you up to wednesday where we say what we've been up to and uh i'm gonna go first because some things happened so we start this update by saying everyone's fine we're all good my wife got sick with what i will now be referring to as our as our annual covid because she got covid almost exactly a year like almost to the day after the first time she got it at this point as we're recording this she is now doing better i never got sick everyone's fine we're all good but as a result we had to like kind of stay inside slash social distance for a week which meant i did a lot of things so this is going to be an action-packed update i want to shout out a book that i just started that i'm already like 200 pages into it's called the magpie murders actually i think it's just called magpie murders and it's by anthony horowitz that name may sound familiar to those podcast listeners out there who have listened to me before because i've been reading a lot of his books lately this is a very classic it's a very classic Agatha Christie style murder mystery. It takes place in the 1950s in the UK. However, there is a meta twist to it that I'm not going to describe because frankly, I don't even understand it yet. And I'm like 200 pages in. So I, that should tell you the level of complexity we're dealing with here. I'm super, super enjoying it. I also want to just take a moment to shout out. And I don't know if you guys agree with this opinion or not, but I got this book in physical copy, which I've been doing a lot of lately. Uh, physical copies. Can, is that like, are you guys book people or are you, are you, I mean, we all own Kindles. I know that, but I'm on a big non Kindle kick right now. I I'm, love a real I'm book. Love a real paper book. books. Yeah. It's, it's great because then you want to know why I'm, I do. I'm very easily distracted with other things, other shiny things. When you have a physical book and I know there's the percentage in the little corner of, of the Kindle, but when you have a physical book, you can very like see how rewarding your progress is to the book through like your stack thickness and that's just like serotonin see Dude, there's something timeless and ageless about turning pages just the tactile feeling of that that i love I'm, me i'm forever going to appreciate a good paper book don't get me wrong but i will say kindles are elite for summer reading you slap a kindle in a waterproof little you case slap a kindle you slap a kindle you bitch wow. slap that thing right into its waterproof case and you take Crazy. it to the beach and you take it to the pool and you take it camping in a rainstorm and you take it 
with your goopy sunscreeny hands and you read it in that case. And then at the end of the summer, you take it out of the case and it's still in pristine condition. Couldn't say the same with the book. The Kindle has its place. I, I, I don't disagree with anything you just said. I just... I do. Like I said, I prefer books. I like my shelves full of books, but I give the Kindle its due for its summer reading. And this is a nice thick book too. So I feel important when I'm reading it. Like it's just, there's, there's something about books thick sometimes. Boy. It's just, it's really, yeah. Do you crack the spine? Um, I hope not. Okay, so you're, I would like you're, not to. You're a spine preserver. I I appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. I would judge you if you weren't. I also want to. Sh- this is a long shout out, extended shout out. I also want to shout out Barnes and Noble. Everyone, this is, and I'm serious about this. Everyone should go to Barnes and Noble because if Barnes and Noble dies, I'm going to be really sad. And I did contactless t- contactless pickup for this book, so like I wasn't endangering anybody, but I was still supporting their business because, like, come on. Don't let Amazon bustle out Barnes and Noble. Again, I don't know if you guys agree with this opinion, but I love just going into a Barnes and Noble and walking around. It's a great walk around place. Can I can I give you a suggestion and not to keep interjecting on your thing, but if you ever Please. go there with a person, like your wife, say, uh, one yeah. of the fun things to do, and Tactic and I have actually done this, you go into a Barnes and Noble and you go through the racks and you each pick a book that you think the other person would like. And you buy it for them. And sometimes it doesn't work out, but I think sometimes it does. And it's very cool. Oh, that is fun. That is fun. I'll, I'll remember that. That's a good That's a good tip. It's a good like good date night thing. Like cheap date night. And then you get some coffee and you sit down and you peruse the books that you picked out for each other. And you have to read a whole book in a night. <laughs> a date night. No, but you, so the other thing, you know, I did that and reading is obviously a good thing to do when you're, when you're stuck inside. The other thing I did was watch a bunch of movies and... I'm going to run through a bunch that I watched and not say much about them. And then I'm going to highlight one, maybe two. And I know my Saturday is taking forever, but you got to bear with me here. Watch Megan. Interesting. Horror comedy. Not the best movie I've ever seen. Definitely entertaining. You could do much worse. Also, I think it's like free on Amazon Prime right now. We didn't pay any money for it. Watched Sound of Metal. Finally. I've been wanting to watch this movie. It came out in 2018. I think Riz Ahmed was nominated for an Oscar, or he should have been, because he was incredible. Don't know if you guys have watched this movie. Mm-hmm. Very heavy. Very good. Not an upper. And I watched it on a Friday night. Wouldn't recommend doing that. Is that Sound of Metal? Is that the drum one? Yeah, he's the drummer, and right. he basically goes he goes deaf, basically. Okay. That's it's what not, I thought. It's not, it's not a spoiler. It's like how the movie starts, and it kind of just goes downhill from there. The one I really want to highlight... Oh, I watched also Murder Mystery, which was like fun. I don't really have a whole lot of opinions on that. It it's was fun. Just like a good yeah, time. we've seen that. It's yeah, a good time. probably probably we'll watch the second one. It's like the most carefree movie experience you can possibly have. So you know, just go do that if you're looking to do that. Uh, and then the one I want to highlight. This is the movie I mentioned before. It came out in 2014 originally. It's currently on Netflix. If you're at least if you're like in America, I know Netflix has different things in different countries. It's a movie called This Is Where I Leave You. This is a movie about. So it's this family and the dad dies and they have to do, they have to sit Shiva, which you've probably heard that term before. But if you're like me and you're sheltered and not Jewish, you don't know what it means. You basically, it's like a funeral that lasts like for a week. And during that week, things happen to the characters. I would consider it a rom-com drama. Also headlined by leading man Jason Bateman, which I see as a very, it's a selling point of the movie because I like him a lot. Tina Fey is in this movie. The girl who plays Agatha Harkness, I cannot think of her, I can't think of her name. Catherine Hahn, Timothy Oliphant, Adam Driver, Ben Schwartz, the list goes on. A lot of famous people. And I think a lot of people who were like, like Adam Driver in particular, like he wasn't super famous yet, but he was getting famous at this point. So you're catching him at a very interesting time in his career. It's very funny. It's very emotional. It's very... 
Uh, it's, a, it's a great movie. You could do so much worse. It's like an hour and 40 minutes. So it's not a long movie. What a ringing endorsement. Again, you could do so much worse. If you, if you, well, this is, again, to go back to what we were talking about before, if you go into this movie with the right mindset, like it, it's going to pull on heartstrings. It, there's an emotionally, emotionally manipulative quality to a lot of it. There's a saccharine quality to a lot of it. But if you accept that and take it for what it is, I think it's very well executed. This is also a movie that I believe is below 50 on Rotten Tomatoes, full disclosure. So are there for the any, people who are anti-critic score, this is, you know. Are there any bougie clairs? No. There is. If I see, what can I say about this movie? Oh, you see Dak Shepard's butt. Is that okay. a good? Okay. Yeah. So I mean, you see his butt in a lot of things. If I'm being honest. Well, yeah. In this one, though, you like you really do. Full on buttage. And it, it's like in like and it's kind of spoiling out. It's like the th- in minute three of the movie. So it really sets the tone. It's great. I would recommend it. That's the one again of all the movies I've seen. I wanted to talk the most about that one because I think it's a hidden gem that people should watch. And let me know when you watch it. Hit me, hit me up on X at OWLE86, at OWTechnic, at OWNerdBomber, our main show account at OnlineWarriors1. What's the best hidden gem on, on streaming services? I will turn it over now after that like 10 minute update to uh, Technic. Take, take us away. All right. So I want to open my What Are You Up To Wednesday with a sincere apology to our listeners. I have gone on rant after rant after rant about how Metroid Fusion was the best Metroid game in the franchise. And me making this claim is... Are you eating crow right now? No. It's really not fair (laughs) because I hadn't played every single Metroid game ever made ever. And that statement was also with respect to exclusively side-scrollers. So to make it right, I purchased and started playing Metroid Samus Returns for the 3DS. So far, my statement of Metroid Fusion is one of the best Metroid games still rings true. What I've experienced so far in this game is they have some neat mechanics. The graphics are awesome for the side-scroller again. Uh, they have some neat mechanics that kind of center around parrying every time a, like, just like the the small little monsters in that see you. Um, there's like a parry chance for you to punch them and then shoot them dead. That's kind of an interesting mechanic. I don't hate that. Um, It makes it so that you basically have to kind of be on your toes all the time because they can charge at you. Whereas in, you know, fusion, they're just following back and forth on a path and occasionally they'll hop towards you. It's, it's nothing that's very like shaking it up and, and, and helping you to kind of be reactive. So this is a very cool mechanic that they added kind of reminds me of the quick time events that was done in Metroid dread that I actually really enjoyed. Well, I was going to say, isn't dread, doesn't dread also have just a basic mechanic that's similar to that? Or am I misremembering? I thought there was a basic, like push someone away, then shoot them. If you do a, a button combo at the correct time, I could be thinking of a different game though. Uh, I, I distinctly remember the quick time events. There might've been that as well, but it definitely was an infusion. And that's kind of where my comparison is. So I really right. like that mechanic. I haven't been exposed to boss fights yet for me to really pivot to saying Metro infusion isn't the greatest one in the, the franchise. But so far I've just kind of been at these like small boss things that seem like boss fights, but they're all kind of the same and very boring. I'm hoping that, cause I don't want to Google things. I'm hoping that the boss fights get better and then I might actually be at an op- at an opportunity to maybe change my mind. But so far, it rings true. I'm working through it and I will let you guys know if my stance changes. That's the main thing I really wanted to talk about. So with that, I'll kick it over to Nerd Bomber. All right. So I have been playing Detective Pikachu 
on the DS. And I know Detective Pikachu Returns was announced and we talked about that. Was that last week? Maybe the week before. But Tectic is a great guy. And he bought me the Detective Pikachu game because I'd mentioned that I'd never played it. So he bought it for 3DS. He, he, is, he is really great. Right? Can we just... You're, Tectic, you're pretty good. Give him a round yeah. of applause. But yeah. yeah. I was buying one game. Might as well buy two. So I started playing that and I am one chapter in and it's very neat like you basically it's kind of like a point and click detective story which i guess is you know what you should expect from this game and it's just kind of neat you go around like there's a mystery to solve you talk to people you have to put the pieces together and in the very beginning stages they're obviously walking you through easier cases to solve because you know they're trying to get your feet wet get you introduced to the game mechanics and how to solve cases but i'm really looking forward to you know, seeing how the game unfolds. I think for, you know, being on the 3DS, the graphics are really impressive and it's fully voice acted. Like obviously not when you're just talking to rando characters, but there are like full cinematic cutscenes on the 3DS with fully voiced Detective Pikachu and fully voiced characters. And it's pretty great. Even like the other Pokemon, because you can only understand Detective Pikachu, but even the other Pokemon, like they have their pokemon noises fully voiced in the game it's not just like the creature noise that you would hear on like the game boy it actually like a burmy will be like burmy berm and it's just very neat so far very high quality it feels very high budget and i'm not taking away anything else from like other 3ds games that don't have that kind of budget and voice acting and whatnot but i think what they're able to do on you know the 3ds platform is pretty impressive so far so looking forward to continuing to play that. And I also started re-watching a show called Awkward. So I don't know if you guys remember this. This is an old show. But, you know, the summer I turned pretty ended and I needed my like high school show fix. And Awkward was something that I really liked to watch. It was on MTV back in like the late 2000s. And I mean, it, it's the first two seasons of the show, and I'm not that far in, but I've seen it before. The first two seasons of the show are very witty and well done. Obviously, it's got all of the drama and trappings of, you know, high school students and their relationships. But there's also just a lot of, you know, really sharp and witty writing mixed in. And it's just really fun to, you know, turn it on, kind of turn your brain off, get absorbed into it and, you know, not think for a little bit. So... Definitely. It's on Paramount Plus. It hasn't been streaming anywhere for a while, but it landed on Paramount Plus fairly recently. So if you want to watch it, it is it's a fun one. You know, the later seasons kind of take a dip in quality because I think the original writing team goes away, but it's still a fun show and definitely worth your watch if you like, you know, fun, stupid high school half hour comedies, which I do because you know what's great about them? Nothing is really ever that high stakes. So besides that, yeah. we watched a movie. Tactic, what movie did we watch? Puppy Love. We watched Puppy Love. This is the other movie. So this is, it's a new movie on Freebie. It's a rom-com. We've been talking about rom-coms all day. I can't not mention this one. So this has Lucy Hale and Grant Gustin. Grant Gustin is known from The Flash. And essentially, he's kind of like a clean freak who's kind of freaked out in a post-COVID world, like going back outside and has a lot of anxieties. So his therapist recommends he gets a dog and recommends he like starts dating. So he meets Lucy Hale on tinder well their character because she also has a dog but then their dogs boink and get pregnant and even though they don't like each other based off their first date they have to stay together for the puppies and there's shenaniganery that ensues it's 
cheesy. There's a reason why it's on freebie and it didn't hit theaters and it didn't even hit one of like the main streaming services. But again, if you just want to turn your brain off and watch like a dumb rom-com, it's not that bad. You, you could do worse. You could do a lot better, but you could do worse. Tactic, any thoughts I, on I, it? I love that review. That's basically a review <laughs> I gave earlier in my update as well. You could do worse. Yeah, I think that's spot on. So that's me. Word. Well, that brings us to, to Quiztown. And as usual, I'm not hosting because I lost last week. Let's let's go through the, the rankings. Let's go through the, the, the records here. Tactic 8 and 7. Nerd Bomber 8 and 9. Your boy, Illegal 86. 7 and 11. Uh, Steven, 3-0. Steven, very impressive. Undefeated record. I mean, yeah, this is turning into a must-win situation for me. Uh, I, need to, I need to stick with you guys. So I do intend to win today. And uh, I will turn it over to, I believe I'm playing against Nerd Bomber. No, I am hosting today because I won last week. I will turn it over to Nerd Bomber and not play against you. All right. So the topic this week is Selena Gomez. She has a new single coming out shortly in the next few weeks. And her latest season of Only Murders in the Building is currently hitting Hulu. And this is that Which is ad. great, by the way. It is a great show. It yeah, really is. It's great. I, I, I should have mentioned that in my update. I totally forgot. It's great. But this trivia is all about her. And as usual, we have a head-to-head trivia here. It's Price is Right style. So whoever can get numerically closer to the correct answer without going over will get a point. And it's best of five. So our first question. When did she land her breakout role in Wizards of Waverly Place? She was also a child actor, but like this was the first time like she gained- Like what year or how old? What year? This was the first time she gained like household recognition because of Disney. I assume Tactic's going first because he has the better yes. record. 2002. That's way too early. I'm going to go conservative and just say 2007. You are correct. Wizards of Waverly Place released in 2007. So Illegal oh, gets the boy, that was close. first point. You're right on the money there. That's what I'm talking about. So in addition to acting, Selena Gomez has a very illustrious musical career. As I mentioned, she has a single coming out. But one of my personal favorite songs that I used to bop to back in the day was Love You Like a Love Song. How many weeks did that spend on the Billboard Hot 100? Look, this was a banger. I I love you like a love song, baby. But I don't think it was that long. Five weeks. Not that long. Five weeks. Six weeks. He's used his plus one. He's mushing his face into the mic for some unknown reason, but he gets the point. It was on the Billboard Hot 100 for 38 weeks. You guys severely underestimated how big of a banger this song was. We, look, week, a week is a long time. I, I wasn't trying to underestimate her. I just said this is the, the time to use it. It was the appropriate circumstance. I'll give you that. Okay, tied up. So Selena Gomez is obviously a very popular public figure, and she became the first person to hit 100 million followers on Instagram. How many followers does she currently have on Instagram as of August 21st, 2023? It's a lot. It's way more than 100 million. That's like a red herring. It's it's so much. It's 302 million. And tactic? Yeah. It's a really good guess. That's kind of like right in the middle. I felt like 500 was too high, 100 was too low. I feel like this is your your fool. I feel like you're fooling. It's 100 million still. She just like plateaued. Nah. Illegal gets this one. 427 million followers on Instagram. That's what I'm talking about. And because you guys went out of order for the second question, Illegal went first. And then he did so in the third question. Tactic, you're going to have to go first for the next two. Wow, I 
Man, that was crazy. I just I just went for it. I didn't even you did. think about you it. You were so excited. Yeah, You're you did like, this last this. time and it ruined the game for me as well. All right. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I think it's his tactic. He tries to sneak in there so he gets advantage no, it on the No, when he was too. versing you. I had to like... Oh, well, yeah. how old was Selena Gomez when she signed a recording contract with Hollywood Records? Like I would have guessed the 300. Million. Okay, well, you don't get I'm to guess 300 it. now because she's not 300 I'm, years old. I, I'm not over I, I legitimately do not think that it gives you any... If you go first on the last two, I don't think it gives you any competitive... He already... Did you use your plus one, I think? He uses, he uses plus one already, yeah. He uses plus one on the second yeah, question. Yeah, but I would so. have said the 300. I'm mad about it, but we'll move on. Can you you seem upset. <laughs> How old was Selena Gomez when she signed a recording contract with Hollywood Records? How old was she? Give me your best guess. He's whipping out his phone. Please do not cheat and look this up. I will have to punch you in the face. As the official quiz moderator. Twelve. I'm gonna ex- I'm gonna extend an olive branch, and I'm I, in in deference to you being so upset about me messing the order up. I'm not gonna use my plus one. It's not even gonna. Use you it. could use it on the next one. <laughs> no, I won't. I won't use it on the next one either. No, no, you no, my, no. You, you have my word. Game respects game. You gotta use it when you want to use it. Use it when you want to use it. Fifteen. She signed that contract at 16, so Illegal gets this point. And he currently has three points, and Tecta cannot win it. This was like to rub my face in the poo. This was like, and I'm still going to not Does it matter? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so for the final question, how many Guinness World Records has Selena Gomez held? 27. No, it's it's less than that. That's a huge amount. uh, (laughs) Eight. Oh my gosh, he almost swept him. She's held nine Guinness World Records. He's on fire. Illegal wins this one. He is the biggest Selena Gomez fan in this world. Me and my girl Selena, we go way back. Okay, so Tecta drops to eight and eight. I move to eight and 11. Nerd Bomber remains at eight and nine. Uh, We're a bunch of eight-win eight-win folks. I almost said eight-win fellas. Uh, Let's go with eight-win folks. So yeah, next week we will quiz again and uh, we will talk at you about more things and hopefully you will enjoy it and hopefully you've enjoyed this one you can head over to apple Podcasts, leave us a review if you prefer and uh even if you don't we prefer maybe you still should i don't know we'll talk at you next week but in the meantime stay safe and keep on podcasting